0: Father, we give thanks to you for, uh, for this day is another day that you give given to us. And we praise you for, for all that you bless us with. We praise you for the season of Advent, that you welcome us uh, in uh, this time uh, as we remember and celebrate uh, your son, your son's coming into this earth. Uh, remind us of, of what that means and uh, uh, the songs that have been sung in remembrance of that as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So welcome to you all uh, for another of our installments of uh, Songs uh, of Advent. Uh, today we are looking at Zechariah's song in Luke chapter 1. Ooh. And i just broke this again i think the first time i preached in this service i broke this thing and now it's really broken again oh dear ah. <laughs> yeah not until it clicks thank you jenny <laughs> okay i won't touch it anymore i think i need to buy a new one um <clears throat> well um yeah, so we're in uh, Luke uh, chapter six, uh, chapter one, verses uh, sixty-seven and following. Now, last week uh, Noam preached on the Magnificat, uh, Mary's song, and this week uh, this passage is known as Benedictus, another Latin phrase. And next week is a third song, Nunc Dimittis. What are these words? They're Latin words. They are the Latin words that begin each of the songs. And in, in our case here, in Luke 1 68, it reads, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. And that blessed, that is Benedictus. Right? And um it's it's a word that you may hear in the word benediction, right? A blessing. Right, And this, this idea of blessing is, is what this song begins with. Now, the Magnificant, the Song of Mary that we, we heard from last week, is a response of Mary when she was visited by Elizabeth. And Elizabeth spoke of Mary's blessedness. Benedictus, this song, is sung by Zachariah. Who's Zachariah? Zechariah is the husband of Elizabeth, the father of John the Baptist, uh, and, and just after the birth and circumcision of their son. Now, when I was initially reflecting on this uh, passage, um, I was thinking about uh, what the song, this song was about. Right? This is coming immediately after John the Baptist is, uh, is born and, 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 and circumcised, and he gets a name, John. And I was thinking about uh, this from the perspective of a father. Right? I'm a father, and as a father, um, I, I, I was thinking about uh, you know, the experience of being a father f- for the first time. Now, I don't tend to be very emotional as a person. Um, I don't really exude too many emotions and my wife can attest to that Um, uh, but when a newborn child is placed into your arms your newborn child you know there is this flood of emotions that comes to you that you don't know what to do with right and for Zachariah he sings I did not sing uh, I don't know if any fathers here sung when they were first holding their, their child, but, but I do not sing. I don't sing normally. Um, but, but for Zechariah, he sung. And, and I was thinking about this when I was reading this. I was like, wow, you know, think of the emotions rushing through him. And in part, you may think about this because for Zechariah, as we look in Luke, uh, earlier in Luke chapter 1, there's a story of Zechariah where Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're an elderly couple, a couple that have been barren for many years. They echo the story of Abraham and Sarah. And Zechariah, he's a priest, and both of them uh, are coming from the Aaronic priestly line. But while he is uh, ministering in the temple, God's angel Gabriel tells him the unbelievable And he is silenced. He's made mute because Zechariah does not believe God. And in the verses preceding this text of today, John is born and circumcised. And when the family asks what name we should give, it is John. Elizabeth says so. And Zechariah, because he's mute, he can't speak. He writes it down. John is his name. And immediately as that, that is announced, the passage tells us that Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke blessing of God. So in a sense, I think, we get an idea of why he might be emotional, perhaps, why he may be singing. But if we look at the song, it is even more than about the birth of a child. No matter how miraculous childbirth in itself is, and indeed for an elderly couple that is barren for many years, Zechariah sings for a more profound reason. Zechariah sings about God's promises. And, and at, the, at this point, I'd like to make just two very quick observations. One is... That Zechariah's prophecy or song occurs as a result of a filling of the Holy Spirit. We see this in verse 67. And his father Zachariah, and John's father Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. This is what he's doing as a result of the filling of the Holy Spirit. And in the Gospel of Luke, only three instances is this phrase, this phrase occurs. This occurs uh, many times in the book of Acts, uh, which is also authored by Luke. But here in the gospel, only three times this phrase, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, comes about. The first is associated with John, John the Baptist, that he would be born and he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. The second is with Elizabeth. Just before she declares Mary as blessed among women, and blessed is the fruit of Mary's womb, she is said to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the third and only time, only other time that we have it is here. Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit. So each of these times, interestingly, they're connected with this relationship. Zachariah, Elizabeth, and John to that which is to, to the one who is to be the prophet, John the Baptist, the one who is speak of the promise of God, especially with regard, uh, a promise of God, especially with regards to the Messiah. But in Luke, the filling of the Holy Spirit echoes an Old Testament idea of the filling of the Holy Spirit. For those who are anointed to do God's work, and I'll come back to this uh, later in the sermon. But a second observation that I think is worth making at, at this point is that when Gabriel told uh, Zachariah of this event, um, you know, earlier in Luke chapter one verse nineteen, he was sent. He, he was told that John was sent by God to speak this good news. That is the gospel. The good news of salvation. The coming of this child, John, is the coming of a prophet who speaks of another, who speaks of another child, the promised Messiah, who brings salvation to this world. And actually, as we look closer into this song uh, now, um, this seems to be the main point of the song, as opposed to the, the birth of a child, which uh, is, is really interesting. So what is actually the content of this song? Like Mary's Magnificat, Zachariah's Benedictus has two main parts. And the first part begins not about Zechariah's son, John, but about God's promises around a Messiah. So he declares in verse 68, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he goes on. Now, I think one, one thing I like to ask is what does it mean to be blessed? Right? When I first came to this country, uh, in, in different parts of the UK, I don't know what your experiences are, but when I first came to this country, I kept hearing people talk about how others are blessed bless, this person, bless, you know, and I was thinking, oh, so nice, there's so many Christians around, you know, that's speaking about blessings on other people, but then I realized that there's this odd thing that happens in in the UK, when people speak about somebody being blessed or bless, you know, it's talking about how they're cute, or they're uh, quite, uh, I don't know, how, how a British person can tell me this better, but you know, this, this idea of how cute or how sweet is not actually uh, blessed in the Christian holy sense of you know, a, a blessing, right? But bless is just this kind of a statement that, that um, is used quite often. Here, of course, this is the context of the Bible, and, and there, there's this concept of blessing in the Bible that we have. But here, the object of blessing is not a person. It's not a person being blessed. But here, it is, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. And what Zechariah is saying is, he is giving praise. He is giving thanks to God, God of Israel, for bringing about the promised Messiah. And I think this is really interesting because in this passage, we have this emphasis of the promises of God upon the people of Israel, and that God is to be thanked. God is to be praised for this. And also, in context, this is a song sung about a people who are under captivity, who are under the oppression of Uh, the Roman Empire, a people who have suffered under the hands of oppression, and hence, it is a song that is sung by and for a people who have a promised Messiah, who is redeemed, who is being redeemed by God. And that God is raising up a horn of salvation, this idea of of God's work um, amongst this people, and so like the Magnificat, this song utters the words of praise for fulfilling of God's promises and praise also for God's judgment over the unjust and uh, for the liberation of his people. But while the first half of this song is about the promised Messiah, the second half of. This song is about a promised prophet. Or as uh, uh, Luke says in, in chapter 1, verse 17, a prophet who comes in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And here, starting in verse 76, um, Zechariah directs his song uh, about th- his song to the person of his son. And he says in verse 76, And you, child, you, child, John, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. I don't know about you, but when I, I read those, uh, ver, those, those words, I, I can't help but wonder if Zechariah has a tinge of pride in his son. That you, child, John will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Now we are told earlier in uh, Luke 1 that both Zachariah and Elizabeth, they come from a priestly uh, family line of Aaron. They're described as righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all of God's teachings. Who better than Zechariah and Elizabeth to bear this child, to bring about this child as a prophet child born. And John would be the promised prophet to prepare the way for a promised Messiah. And John is to speak before others about the message of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. John is to speak the mercy and the joy that comes from turning towards God. And as we see in uh, verse 70, 79, he brings, he, he gives light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And I think this is actually quite a beautiful um, uh, statement here. Because it's, it's speaking about how it is through John, it is through the child that light will be, will be communicated, that the darkness will be overcome by the light, as well as the death will be overcome by the light. That through John, the message of salvation and the guidance will be uh given it is the guidance uh of the way of peace and i think about this because it is not simply about the day-to-day concerns of the world and i think for many of us there are day-to-day concerns um and if you're watching the news in the last few days there are day-to-day concerns you know (laughs) um do we call it omicron (laughs) or do we call it uh pi, rho, omega, uh, uh, I don't know how many letters in Greek you know, but, you know, uh, what do we call this day-to-day concern of ours, right? But here in the passage, it speaks of not the day-to-day concerns necessarily, not the peace in these individual things, but it says in verse 79, to guide our feet into the way of peace, that it is a path towards ultimate peace an ultimate peace that is found in god and i think for for me reading this passage and thinking about um, Zechariah and you know as a as a, a father or as a person who might have preoccupations with the concerns of of the day i'm sort of shocked by this man because he is far more holy than i am <laughs> He stands back from the the realities of his day, and he says, there's this bigger message. There's this bigger picture of what God is doing. Blessed be God, the God, Lord God of Israel. And if we step back from the words of the song, we have a slight problem. Because Zechariah is singing about children. Right? He's singing about his son that was just born and circumcised. And he's singing about Jesus who is not yet born until chapter 2. Right? So, So he's singing about these things that have not really happened yet. This is why this passage is called also called Zachariah's prophecy. It's not just called Zachariah's song. And in verse 67, it makes it clear that Zechariah is prophesying. And the content of this prophecy is very much future-oriented. Zechariah is not singing praises of what God has already done and finished. It is a song praising God about the future. The future expectation of what the promised prophets and the promised Messiah are to do. But on the other hand, Zachariah sings the benedictus in the knowledge that God is the one who brings fulfillment to his promises. For those of you who who know me, you know, I I teach in the university. And uh, one of the things that I love to do in the university is attending graduations. And I I can attend, uh, you know, on a normal uh, year, let's say I, I, I normally attend, you know, two graduations a year, you know, and I love attending graduations, especially when uh, my students are graduating Ph.D. Students in particular and um, obviously these past few years has been a, a bit difficult for that. Right. Um, but I love attending graduations because graduations are celebrations they are celebrations of such uh, achievements, right? And so, you know, I I love going to graduations and seeing uh, the students graduate and celebrating all the effort that was poured out, not only by the individual students, but also the the families that are involved. And and it's kind of hokey, but at every graduation, they always get the parents and families to stand up. Kind of hokey but actually it's true you know that there's so much commitment from the family and everybody for that event but the other aspect of graduations that I think are really beautiful is that graduations not only celebrate the achievements but they also speak about the great things that are to come that that is a sign of something that will happen that the, the, the uh, graduation, the ceremony, is celebrating what has happened, but what will happen as well. And that the birth, in this case, the birth of a child, the birth of John, is a sign of great things to come. This is why the filling of the Holy Spirit is so significant. And if it's not obvious, all three of those who are filled with the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of Luke are all connected to the prophet, to the prophetic sign. Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John, the filling of the Holy Spirit is to pronounce the things to come through the promised Messiah. But it is not only about the future, the birth of John is also a sign that God has begun a work. He has inaugurated a new era. As a graduation is an inauguration of a new era for a person, whether that be a master, a bachelor, bachelor's master, a doctor. Right? It's inaugurating a new time, a new era. And so while ultimate salvation and justice and peace has not yet fully come, the process has begun. And Zechariah and Elizabeth are integral to that process. They have been steadfast in their faithfulness. They are reminders of our need to be steadfast in our faithfulness. I think uh, it I was I was thinking of of this, and this this is a little bit of an aside. But I was thinking about this when I was preparing the sermon, that um, you know, oftentimes you know, uh, um, know, for for many years there there was a a very popular book, uh, the purpose driven life, right, or purpose driven church, purpose driven X Y Z, you know, and sorry X Y Z, you know, so all, all this purpose drivenness, right, and and oftentimes you know. We, we are very preoccupied about what is it that God wants of my life, right? And, and what is the purpose that God has in, in my life? And, and I think what's beautiful here is that there's a story of Zachariah and Elizabeth who were preoccupied, the story of Zachariah and uh, Elizabeth who are preoccupied not with the purpose for their lives, but they are preoccupied with being faithful they're preoccupied with being faithful to god serving god and being righteous before god and through that faithfulness a blessing comes through them and so this is why zachariah is able to celebrate the zachariah celebrates the coming Of a promised prophet because of a greater coming the coming of a promised messiah and this is why the benedictus zacharias song of blessing is not a blessing of his son but on god and this is why we celebrate christmas we're able to rejoice in what god does today and each day and how We are called to be a part of that process. Even more, we are able to rejoice in all that God is doing in the days before, in the days to come. Let us pray. Father God, we give thanks to you for your son. For your Son, Jesus, who is the promised Messiah, the promised anointed one, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to come to this earth to do tremendous things, to call his people to call your people to yourself. We thank you, God, that we are able to gather, that we are able to gather here, uh, both physically and online, but that you give us reason to gather. And that through your son and through the son of Zachariah, we are able to know this message. We are able to know not only the good news of salvation, but to know you through that good news. So we give praise to you and help us to know how to say, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. In your son's holy and most precious name we pray, amen.